Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. In recent weeks, I've been in contact with a retired former government electrical engineer, a person who wants to remain anonymous. Uh, this person uh, performed research and development for NASA on the space shuttle, uh, the NRO and CIA for satellites, uh, and also worked with DARPA on robotics. Now, this person has um, provided recently a theory with regard to why the extraterrestrials are here. What, what are they doing here? And this person believes that uh, they're here possibly for feeding on, on the blood of animals and humans, possibly. Um, I, I did a podcast about this. I've talked about it a couple of times already. Um, <clears throat> and now this person has provided me some more information, uh, some calculations that this person has uh, conducted to determine the, the number of these beings on this planet. And this person has estimated uh, based on the amount of cattle mutilations and human mutilations that there are probably approximately 1500 gray beings, which include these, which are these insect like creatures, basically uh, uh, there's the short grays, the tall grays and, and the ones who, uh, you know, are in charge of those beings are these, what people have described as, uh, you know, uh, praying mantis type looking things. Uh, and actually this has been reported, you know, the, the, the description of these beings has been reported in a lot of different, uh, UFO literature throughout the year years. I could think of, uh, David Jacobs, the threat, which was, uh, from the late nineties. Uh, it was a book, uh, written by a uh, professor, David M. Jacobs, uh, who, uh, uh, proposed that these beings are here to take over at some point. I mean, basically, Jacobs had interviewed a number of different uh, people who have been abducted by aliens throughout the years, and um, he came to the conclusion that uh, what it seems they're here for is to take over planet Earth at some point. And I'll get into that a little bit more. I just want to go through uh, this my anonymous sources' latest uh, calculations here. Uh, this was sent to me in an email, and this is uh, what was written. I've done some very rough math and tried to compute how many grays we have on the planet at this time. There are three things required to make this estimate. Number one, number of cattle mutilations. Number two, number of human mutilations. Number three, amount of blood each gray consumes per day. I'd like to begin by discussing how I made these estimates, and please bear in mind that it's impossible to be precise. The first thing we need to understand is how information is controlled regarding these subjects. This has precedence in media manipulation going back to the time of the Civil War, but suffice to say that during the 20th century, the military has used threats to revoke the FCC license of broadcasters if they aired stories which were deemed to compromise national security. Freedom of the press notwithstanding, people have been intimidated, discredited, and even prosecuted for refusal to comply. And so, in the post-war climate of 1947, these threats proved quite effective at forcing major radio and TV stations to either disregard a story or portray it in a very negative light. In fact, almost all the cattle mutilation stories we know about have come to us 
from small newspapers and radio or TV stations after some rancher in a rural area reported it and the story appeared before it could be discovered and suppressed by federal authorities, usually acting on orders from the military or the CIA. In 2001, a program of consolidation was initiated by the FCC to control and standardize all news stories which would appear in the United States media. This was done under leadership of Michael Powell, who was selected by none other than George W. Bush, the son of George H. W. Bush and former head of the CIA, and possibly the last president to be read in on the UAP issue. Michael Powell just happened to be the son of Colin Powell, a bought-and-paid-for political lackey who later supported the Gulf War, although he knew quite well that his testimony at the United Nations was completely false. Following this time, the entire United States media was consolidated into five major media organizations who would each pay, who would each parrot whatever line of disinformation they were fed from Washington. At that point, only small local newspapers and radio stations would provide any sort of independent information. I relocated to a rural area of northern Arizona in 2016, where I became friends with the editor of the local newspaper. We shared an interest in the UAP phenomena, so in 2019, when a series of cattle mutilations began, we tried to look into them. A local rancher reported finding a mutilated cow. A few days later, another was discovered. These were investigated by the Sheriff's Department and the State Agricultural Department. Then, just a few weeks later, a group of 16 cattle were all found dead in a heap. At this point, the rancher refused to discuss the events, as did the local sheriff's office and the state agricultural people. The editor ran the story in the local paper, but it never received any wider coverage, and shortly afterwards, the story disappeared from the paper's archives entirely. This is just one example of how these cases are routinely suppressed. Therefore, for purposes of estimating the number of mutilations in the, in the United States, I'm going to begin with a reported 1,000 cases per year, and I'm going to multiply that number by 20 to tr try to reach a correct figure. Once again, please remember that this is an extremely hard thing to quantify. Now, as to the human mutilations, naturally that number is even more difficult to estimate. I'm going to begin with FBI crime statistics and the number of persons reported missing per year. That number is 800,000. If we assume that almost all of these cases have mundane explanations such as running away from the law or debts or the ex-wife or joining a commune or a prepper group and living off-grid, we are still left with some that clearly do not have such a simple explanation. Someone with a good job, no debts, good health, and a happy family life who begins driving to work but never arrives and the car is found in a remote area, perhaps with the engine running and the doors locked from the inside, and no footprints in the surrounding soft earth is more than a little suspicious. Add to that reports of a UAP in the area at that time, and it really doesn't take Einstein to figure it out. If we estimate just 1% of the 800,000 missing person reports are UAP related, that's 8,000 people who disappeared never to return. Based on these numbers, we can extend the United States estimates to a global figure. In the case of 
cattle, the United States has about one-third of the number of cattle in the world, making the number of mutilations around 60,000. If we apply the same standard to humans, and it is probably higher, we can extend our estimate of 8,000 to 24,000. Now let's do the math. Based on 1,000 reported cattle mutilations in, in the United States per year, and assuming that represents an actual 20,000 cattle mutilations per year, and extending that to 60,000 cattle mutilations per year worldwide, and 4.5 gallons of blood per cow, that's 260,000 gallons of bovine hemoglobin per year. Similarly, based on 800,000 missing person reports in the United States per year, and assuming just 1% are human mutilations, that's 8,000 in the United States each year. And assuming we extend that to 24,000 globally per year at one gallon of blood per human, that's 24,000 gallons of blood per year. Therefore, the total quantity of blood harvested each year is 284,000 gallons. If we estimate a half gallon per parasite, or 568,000 meals per year, and divide that by 365 days, then we can see approximately 1,500 of these creatures are now feeding, and approximately 15 people are murdered by them every day. It may be a very small percentage of the Earth's population, but it seems to be growing. What we really need is accurate figures on the problem, but of course that's classified information and virtually impossible to come by. Does anyone remember the Flushing Meadow Zoo incident of 1987? You won't find much about it today. A UAP was seen over the zoo, and by the way, just a little stop here, Flushing Meadows was it's a zoo in New York. A UAP was seen over the zoo, and the following day employees were shocked to find every animal dead. They were all mutilated as if dissected, and the blood was drained from every one of them. The cages were still locked, and no alarms had gone off. The zoo was closed for remodeling, and when it reopened a year later, there were new cages with all new animals. Nobody ever asked what had become of the previous animals. I guess if someone or something wanted a sample of animals found on this planet, a zoo would be the logical place to look. Now, I just want to add here... Uh, and this doesn't even include the figures that this person is including here. It doesn't include the mutilations of other animals. I, I've been doing my own research into this, and there's it's more than just cattle. I mean, there's plenty of horses, you know, hundreds and hundreds of horses every year that get mutilated like this, and sheep, all kinds of animals. Even some wild animals are found in this shape. So the number could be a lot more than this, actually. But based on just the cattle mutilations and the the human mutilations, this this person has determined that it's uh, that would probably feed about fifteen hundred of these uh, parasitic aliens. It's a gruesome idea. It's a gruesome thought. But again, uh, we don't know why they're here, and this this is a feasible, reasonable explanation. Um, and, and there's a lot more to it, actually, when you really think about it. You know, I, speaking of, I, I was talking earlier about Dave, David Jacobs' book, The Threat, and he, he wrote some other books, too, but I, I really like The Threat. I You know, it was, it's a frightening book in a lot of ways. It's just, you know, it's, it's but he never really came to a conclusion 
like in that book, he came to the conclusion, if you read the whole book, right, you get to the end of that book, he came to the conclusion that the the, the plans of these beings uh, in the end is basically to take control of the planet, the whole planet, with only one government with the insects in charge, and, and actually the, uh, the praying mantis types, the ones calling all the shots. And uh, the, the future of Earth under this uh, plan that these beings have uh, is basically it involves the 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 aliens themselves and the 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 abductees, but there's nothing about the non-abductees. I mean, you know, who we, nobody really knows how many people are getting abducted by aliens, right? There's you know who knows? It's it's I'm sure it's in the millions, right? Uh, but probably not in the billions. But who knows? We really don't know because a lot of people who get abducted by aliens probably have no idea that it's even happening to them. Only a certain percentage of these people know that it's happening to them. Only a certain, and then only a, a certain percentage of those end up seeking help about it. Some of them probably just live their whole lives never telling anybody about it because they think they're 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 afraid of what the perception will be. Um, and uh, you know, you you have to wonder if they are going to take over. What does that mean? Okay, so I, I guess even before I get to that point, what, what I want to say is. So basically, there, if if we go by what's going on here, the abductions, the, the, this hybridization program that that Jacobs has talked about, that my anonymous source has talked about previously, it's all is it all some kind of uh, it, it's a program basically to uh, acclimate these beings to this planet? Okay, if we look at them, okay, most of these grays, right? This seems like they're short diminutive kind types of creatures so they obviously they come from a planet that has a different kind of gravitational pull um so they want to try to be better suited for this planet hence this ongoing decades maybe centuries ongoing uh hybridization program to get them to a certain level that's comfortable that they feel comfortable with okay to, that, that that they feel like they'll be able to survive uh Again, all of this is just theory. None of this makes me right. I just want to throw that out there for anybody who's going to accuse me of fear porn or anything of that nature. Okay, it's only a theory. I'm not saying this is real. It could be. I'm saying that. So they're 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 trying to reacclimate themselves, and once they get to this certain point, uh, that's when they're going to uh, basically somehow i don't know how they're going to go about it but they take over and the abduct maybe they, they so the abductees are are are, are part going to remain part of this this uh system basically it will be the 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 insect praying mantis types at the top of the at the top of the heap then you have the the the, the short and tall grades in the middle of the heap and then abductees and, and then the non-abductees what are they and they're expendable for the feelings that uh expressed by some people who were abducted according to jacobs was that uh those feelings expressed indicated that the uh that non-abductees were were going to be expendable in this new world so let's keep that in mind so if that's the case does that mean uh they keep some of the abductees around just for the you know for the luxury of maybe they need still need them as time goes on for uh hybridization purposes you know just in the event things don't go right right so they keep the abductees around you know they keep breed and have them breed and you know continue uh but again they're just you know they're on the bottom of this uh 
food chain. And then, of course, non-abductees are, who knows, what, what's the purpose, what, what, what will they be used for? The same thing as cattle. But getting, just to talk about, uh, yeah, from what, what I've researched, there's more. I mean, it, there's all kinds. I, I read an article. Uh, I read there's a lot of different things. There was a case in, in the United Kingdom some years ago where, like, at, at some ranch there was uh, 14 sheep that all in one shot, just a heap of them, were, were all mutilated in the same same manner. Tongues removed, all the blood drained. You know, holes in the neck, one eyeball removed, an ear, you know, cut off, uh, some of the flesh near the jaw removed, and, and, and all this done in a surgical kind of a matter. Uh, the the rectum cored out, just like a lot of these cases. Uh, uh, the descriptions of a lot of these cases, you know, with cattle, same thing, and and again, and also there's been cases of human mutilation, and, and it seems like they are covered up. When bodies of humans are found like this, it seems what's what from my research, what I've been finding out is that people go missing, okay? But when they find these mutilated bodies, they for the most part, now I've heard of a case where there was a closed casket case where a body like this was found, and uh, the the family was not allowed to see the body. A person died mysteriously. They couldn't find him for a few days, and then the body turned up, and but the authorities would not let the family see the body. And they tried to claim that the this person died from cocaine toxicity, <clears throat> but yet the, it was a closed casket funeral. Uh, but that that but a lot of times, what I think what 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 some researchers have found is that when there's human mutilation cases, they don't let the public know about those bodies at all. If, if, if the, and if this was a person who was missing, that person just stays on the missing uh, list forever. So these are, and when you start really thinking about all this, this this is what this is what makes this long cover up. This many years of covering this up, it just seems like this could be the reason because the intentions of these visitors is basically to they're here to feed. They're here to feed. They're here to maybe eventually take over, right? Uh, take over this planet. You know, a lot of times these abductees, they talk about they're they're, they're shown uh, images of the world of destruction and the future and the environment. I guess there is a concern. These beings are concerned with the environment because this they feel like this is their future planet. Maybe they come from a place that you know that maybe they're a dying breed and 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 they're they they've reached a, a level of technological advancement that we can only dream of. We couldn't maybe so advanced we can't even dream of it. But they reached a level of advancement and and now but but their but their their kind is dying out and they need and they're here to try to re-energize themselves to try to figure out a way to keep themselves going. So and that involves using us for whatever purposes they need to keep that go to keep themselves going and and at some point they feel like this program is going to lead them into a a, a, a second a, a new life and it doesn't matter what happens to us meanwhile because we're just we're just material to them food hybridization purposes who knows what 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 kind but it doesn't seem like they're they're help or how are they helping anybody here i mean people who get abducted it's like horror stories it's horror stories i mean it's no different than say somebody broke into your house and kidnapped you you know it's no no different than that 
So yeah, I, I, I this is very interesting. Again, I this person, I'm I'm really glad that this person uh, has contacted me. Uh, I I think some of the theories make sense, um, and uh, this one again, it doesn't it doesn't uh, disappoint. I mean, it is disappointing in a way if that's the case. I mean, it's very disappointing, but at the same time, it gives all of us something to think about, and uh, it provides a reason for why there's the cover up. I mean. Uh, that's the best reason. I mean, the best reason for a cover-up would be because this people aren't going to like this. <laughs> if this is the case, right? Well, how could you? How would any government in the world want to try to, you know, try to tell the people, hey, this is what's going on? And you got these insects from other planets here coming here, and they're trying to take over the world, and they're feeding on our, on the blood of our animals, and it looks like they might be feeding on the blood of us too. I mean, how? <laughs> Well, I think that people are going to sit back. Oh, that's interesting. No, a lot of people are going to just go crazy, go crazy. And that could be the reason for the cover-up. Anyway, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. I want to talk about uh, the extent of alien control. You know, what is the extent of it? And what I, what by that I mean... Um, you know these beings seem to have seem to be able to control inv- like certain areas of an inv- specific environment especially during these abduction cases uh you read a lot of abduction stories where you know there's a you know, the person that's targeted regularly in a family for instance uh for some reason you know everyone else in in, in the same house is basically you know, put to sleep somehow, put conked out and, 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 uh, to a, you know, so, uh, they're not, these beings aren't discovered. Okay. Doing what they're doing somehow. Oh, you hear this all the time. A lot of cases, like you read, read different abduction stories. Uh, okay. Uh, say a, a mother, uh, in a, in a, in a family of five people, right. Is abducted. And the rest of the household is basically incapacitated somehow. So somehow these beings have the ability basically to basically turn people off, like turning a light switch off, off and on, okay? They basically turn it off when they're doing an abduction. If there's anybody else going to be in the area, right? They turn, don't turn, somehow turn those people off, right? Uh, and then do what they're going to do and then return the abductee and then turn the light switches back on and, and nobody knows what just happened, including the abductee, you know, themselves, and uh, you know, from what I've read, according to uh, David Jacob, J- oh, excuse me, David Jacobs, who uh, wrote the threat, he surmised that uh, that what's happening is somehow these beings, when they take someone, when they abduct a person, they have the ability to basically make them forget about this by taking the memory of this ins- of this thing that's the present of what's happening and somehow forcing it somewhere into the long-term memory of, the, of a person and then cutting off the trigger that would allow them to ever remember it and the only way they're able to remember it is under hypnosis um so that you know that's how they remain secretive because basically they're they, these beings have a policy of trying to make sure that people don't know what's going on they don't have, have they, they don't remember uh, these abduction experiences and they do it by shutting off by basically taking their short-term memory 
right? And and somehow pushing it into long-term memory inside the brain and cutting off that trigger. It's, it's a very, how they do that is unknown. And uh, in the same respect, how do they, the people that are surrounding a, an abductee, right? A person that's not getting abducted, uh, uh, for instance, what are they, are, is it the same? I mean, what are they doing to those people to basically sh- shut them down? So they have no idea that something's happening. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering this. I don't have any answers, right? Uh, I'm just some, it's just something that's one of the strange, weird, uh, realities of this whole phenomenon, right? It's who know? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I could tell you from my own experience, the one experience that I, that I had, um, uh, with an alien being was uh, 1977. You know, I was eight years old, almost nine, waking up in the middle of the night, right? I slept in an attic, right? Uh, in a small house, uh, a row home, you know? And on uh, one side of the room, I slept on one side of the room, there was a little s- staircase in the middle that, you know, and then on the other side of the room was my uh, one of my brothers. And... Uh, <clears throat> I wake up and you know I have a thin blue blanket over my head. There's this weird sound. I'm hearing this weird, like deep electronic humming sound, like, mm. and that was constant. That humming sound was constant throughout this entire experience, right? And I could see the shadow of a hand, of a three-fingered hand, through this thin blanket. And I could see the arm and the hand, you know, getting closer to where my face was and further and further away. And it was going like this. It was doing a pretty whatever it was. It was going fast. It was like this. You know, I, I, you know, this whole thing lasted 20 minutes, right? But during this, right, during this thing, I, I, I did not want to pull that blanket down and look in the face of, you know, of this thing that was there. I didn't, I did not want to do that. You know, I was scared out of my mind. I, you know, at the time, and I've talked about this, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are probably sick of hearing it, but uh, to me, it was, it's something that really happened and I like to talk about it. And, and in this instance, there's a purpose. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, understand like how everyone in my house that night, they couldn't hear me. Like, I, I mean, I was screaming at the top of my lungs in the middle of the night, you know, I'm assuming it was two, two or three in the morning. I, I don't know, but I'm yelling, you know, for someone to help. Um, and, uh, you know, this event lasted for 20 minutes and the whole time there was this electronic humming sound. And again, at the time I thought it was the devil. I, you know, I grew up, a, you know, I was a, a Catholic. I went, I was an altar boy for 10 years. You know, I, I, I thought it was a demon or a devil and I'm wondering what the hell is, you know, is a d- devil coming for me for, but anyhow, uh, so the, and, and then when the event, you know, the event ended with me just. I just kept on looking and, and, and praying, and then the thing, you know, I ended up somehow passing out, and then I woke up the next day, tried to tell everybody about it. Nobody believed me, and you know, life went on. But I always knew it was real, right? You know, I always knew it. You know, there was something there, and I don't know what it was. And it wasn't human, whatever it was, because a human doesn't have a, what, it, what, what the shadow of the arm and the hand that I saw through, you know, through the blanket, the silhouette. It was not human, I could tell you that, right? But anyhow... Uh, the the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, during this, right? First, I'm yelling to, you know, who's there, you know, and, and there's no response. You know, the arm, the hand just getting closer to my face and further away, you know, this ritualistic type motion, you know, and there's no answer. And then I'm really scared. I have no idea what's going on. I peek out of the blanket, but not in the direction of that thing, but I get over to the other side of the room. And I could, I could see my brother, Davey, 
sleeping. He, his fa- he was facing me, and I started screaming at the top of my lungs, screaming, you know, you know, for a while, you know, for 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 a few minutes, and he's not waking up, you know. And meanwhile, there's this humming sound, and it's, it's somewhat muffling my voice. But I mean, I'm still yelling, trying to yell over it. And then I'm really terrified. He's not responding at all. He's just just sleeping. And then I start yelling for my my mom and dad, you know, for a while, for like five minutes, you know, in pure horror at this point, you know, pure, absolute terror. And they're not coming. Nobody's coming. Nobody's responding. So I don't know what happened this night, you know, uh, but whatever it was, everybody in my house. And then plus I had uh, a sister, another, well, one of the sisters wasn't born yet, um, um and but i had another uh sister she was pretty young but you know i and i had another brother too and n- nobody nobody heard this nobody heard my yelling nobody responded nobody came to the rescue and god knows what would happen if they did i mean you know i always look back and i wonder what if i would have just tried to jump out from under the blanket and try to run down the steps i, I don't know what would happen I, I don't know i don't know See, I, the, the problem with trying to do that, the way the bed was set up, I would have had a, it would have been tough. I would have had to jump over the, the one end of the bed and it would have been tough to do it. Uh, besides that, I didn't want to risk, you know, having to face whatever this thing looked like. But again, during that event, you know, I experienced this where I'm trying to <clears throat> reach out, trying to scream, yelling at the top of my lungs and nothing, no response in the dead of night, no response from anybody, nobody... Were they all incapacitated? Were, were they dealing with, with some beings themselves? You know, was I abducted that night? I don't know. W- were they bringing me back and somehow I woke up and then, uh, and they were tra- and this thing was trying to, you know, go back to bed, go back to sleep, go back to sleep, forget about this. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or were they about to take me? I don't know. Uh, did they did they did they uh, see that I was very upset and and they decide not to take me? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I don't have any answers uh, for this. It just is just one of those things. Maybe somebody out there does have answers, but I guess my, the the biggest thing I wonder the being these beings have the ability to incapacitate a lot of people all at once in a certain environment in a certain setting right and i wonder what's the extent of that control though could they do that to everyone at the same time on the whole in the whole planet do they have the ad- that ability to shut everyone down day of the earth day the earth stood still style you know that's my big question i don't know i don't know it's just you know i wonder they obviously have the ability to shut down uh, a certain size of a certain size group of people at the same time but you know how far does that extend what is the extent what, what is the what is the full extension of, of their control could they control us the whole planet at the same time could they control a whole country at the same time could they control a whole state i mean what is the limit the limit of that alien control that's that's a question that we don't have an answer to right now i wish i had a i don't have any uh I have no clue. I'm just wondering. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody out there in the audience has a clue, uh, but I sure don't. Uh, I'm wondering about it, uh, and I guess it'd be nice to know what that extent is. Uh, I guess you know maybe the the future of humankind might rely on on knowing the answer to that question. Okay, moving on. Um, I want to talk about a YouTube channel that I I really got a really. Uh, uh, 
tell you, I mean, if you haven't found it, if you haven't, if it hasn't been recommended to you yet, boy, I got to tell you, it's a very good YouTube channel. It's called Eyes on Cinema. And I will leave a link in the description uh, to check out. It is a channel for what they've been doing. What this channel is doing is they're posting all kinds of little snippets of from different UFO uh, theatrical documentaries, television interviews, TV documentaries from over the years that's focused, you know, with people telling stories about their encounters with UFOs, alien beings. And it's, you know, what's nice about this is that it's just little snippets here and there. But if you sat, you could sit down and you could watch a whole bunch of these and, and not get and, and be completely intrigued uh, because there's no filler. This is you're getting straight uh, right from the people who experience these things. The person who's doing this, right? I don't know who it is or what. What? what all I'm, telling, I'm just telling you about their channel. I, I, I highly recommend you check it out because it's I, I, there's some good ufo documentaries on tv i, I gotta say I, there are some good ones right like uh recently i watched uh, something on the travel channel and they were talking about the 1966 uh michigan ufo story the one where jay allen hynek talked about uh tried to say it was swamp gas it was very good uh so there are I and mean, there's so many of them there's a lot of them right the skinwalker ranch but you know, and these shows they're done and they they put together in a in, you know in a, in a, the problem I have with all of them right is that they're done in a way where okay they have a commercial break and then when it comes back after commercial you have to hear a whole minute of what you just learned what you just already know from the, before the commercial break it's uh, it's like they're they're catering to people who just turn the channel on I guess I I don't know but I don't like the way it's done and but if you want your UFO and alien uh stories you know told straight up without any nonsense i highly recommend you check out this eyes on cinema youtube channel because basically it's just a compilation of from different documentaries and you know from older ones from the from the 60s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s people talking about being abducted by ufos you know a different segment will be okay yeah this is we, we saw these beings walk out of a crap i mean and these are all from credible people if, if you're someone who was on the fence with this whole phenomenon and you you you're not sure what's going on you you, you watch a, about a, an hour's worth of this channel you're, you're going to be pretty much you know a believer because all these people are very credible these are people from all different walks of life from different decades telling you you know in a you know seriously the the events that they that they experienced the it's it's amazing stuff and i and i think what this person's doing is it's it's a serve it's a really great service and i highly recommend youtube channel eyes on cinema you know check it out because you're going to find a lot of really good uh ufo material on there stuff that you you probably never heard of before like some most a lot of those things i did see a lot of stuff that i saw in there you know i okay i know i saw this segment this is from a movie from 1979 called a documentary movie from called ufos are real okay i remember that one okay but this one i don't know where this is from you know i just first time i ever saw it boy this is really interesting these are two pilots you know airline pilots you know from 1960s talking about a ufo that they you know that they saw i mean it's amazing stuff but and but getting it all all like that you know uh you know like in a bang bang fashion it just really is an eye opener and uh i if you're interested in in this subject i really uh 
recommend that you check out uh, Eyes on Cinema YouTube channel. Now, they have other stuff on there besides UFOs. Now, I haven't checked any of that stuff out. However, the UFO stuff they have on there is, you know, top-notch clips from different, like I said, TV uh, documentaries, uh, theatrical documentaries, and uh, interview shows. It's good stuff. Uh, I really like what they're doing, uh, and I recommend it highly.